the book of Psalms and the 18th Psalm. And let me just say, it is such an honor to be here at Crossroads Baptist Church. And I thank God for your pastor. Thank you, pastor, for the opportunity to preach. And I do count him such a dear friend. I always say this about your pastor, that every time I'm with him, I feel like he helps me to be a better Christian. And you can't say that about a lot of people, but I can say that about Pastor Dietrich. And uh, really, however, the highest esteem you have for a man, that would be what I would have for your pastor. And uh, you're so blessed to have him as your pastor. And I know you know that. And uh, so thankful that God has given him uh, a wonderful wife. And we've been praying. I, I try to pray every Thursday for your family and every Sunday morning. Um, when I go through my list of praying for local churches of people that I know, I pray for this church. And uh, I, I appreciate so much um, through the years getting to know so many of you. And it's just an honor to be here. I come from a, a family of preachers. My dad's a pastor. Uh, my great, I mean, my grandfather, he was my pastor growing up, Everett Bixler. He's with the Lord. And my great grandfather, he was a circuit riding preacher. And so um, my two brothers are pastors. Um, where's the Griffith boy over here? He's uh, from my brother Jonathan's church or went there for a while. And um, <clears throat> some others, maybe there may be someone else in here as well from there. Um, and my, both my brothers are pastors. My two sisters are married to pastors. And so we just kind of have a lot of preachers in our family. I think that's one of the areas where uh, your pastor and I kind of get along. We have a lot of preachers in our family, so blessed about that. That's my dad's side of the family. My mom's side of the family, they're all dairy farmers. I'm from Pennsylvania, and so they're all dairy farmers. And the only kind, how many farmers do we have here? Uh, some or grew up on the farm. All right. Um, and, and all my grandfather on my mom's side of the family, their last names uh, were Omers. They're from Ulm, Germany. Uh, they were Dunkards over there. Uh, really neat history going back. Jay Christian kind of has a uh, spot in the history of Baptists there uh, from them. But anyways, they were dairy farmers over there, came to Pennsylvania, dairy farmers in Pennsylvania. And, but they would only ever use John Deere. And they never called, any, it, never called it but JD. They, they'd say, you know, go get the 65 JD or the 78 JD. So I am Joel Dwight. My brother is Jonathan David. My other brother is James Daniel. I'm the oldest of five. When my parents were expecting the fourth child, the teenagers in my church, my home church, came up to my dad and mom and said, if you have a boy or girl, are you going to continue the JDs? And they said, oh, we're not sure. And so they said, if, we, if you all have a girl, we have a name for her. And so my dad said, all right, well, you know how teenagers can be. And they said, here's the name for her, Jezebel Delilah. <laughs> well, they had a girl, but they did not name her Jezebel Delilah. Uh, and I'm glad, right? <laughs> but anyways, I'm just thankful to be able to be here. And God is so good, isn't he? My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Now, I love Christmas, obviously, for the incarnation. I love uh, the resurrection. But Thanksgiving, to me, it still has a purity, uh, an unfeigned part of it that, you know, you just thank God. And so I just want to think about the Lord and how good he is tonight. I'm not sure your custom. If you don't mind uh, standing out of respect for the word of God uh, tonight, let's begin in Psalm 18, verse 1. Read down to verse 6. The Bible says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. 
The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. I've underlined the first verse in this psalm. David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penned these words, I will love thee, O Lord. My strength. I want to preach tonight on this subject. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. And you are as well. Brother Ryan, thank you. Man, that, that blessed my heart. I'm so blessed. I thank God for the old ship of Zion and what God has done for me. Father, we love you. Thank you for Crossroads Baptist Church. Thank you for Pastor Dietrich. And Lord, I thank you for the day years ago, I guess 14, 15 years ago, that our paths intersected, and then uh, just so many times, Lord, ordinations and preaching here at different meetings, and for him to preach for us, and, and then just friendship, meeting together for meals, and serving on missionary agencies, and Lord, I, I just thank you so much for him and his testimony, use him as he leads this church, fill him with your spirit day by day, help his wife, I pray for his children, his family, Lord, I want to be a blessing to this church, it's your church, and I pray that you'd forgive me of my sin, cleanse me, fill me with your spirit, speak to our hearts, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing, you may be seated. Imperial Japan surrendered to the Allied forces on August 14, 1945, in effect bringing an end to World War II. It is said that the Americans began celebrating, and I quote uh, an author, as if joy had been rationed and saved up for three years, eight months, and seven days since December 7, 1941. The largest crowd in the history of New York City's Times Square gathered to celebrate, still to this day, the largest crowd on record. Of course, if you are familiar with Americana, you'll know that one of the most famous kisses in American history took place. How I many in your mind, you can see that picture of that, that nerd. And what I've read was that the guy didn't even know her. Like, who plants a kiss on someone you don't know? But he said, I was just so excited, so much celebration and jubilation that he just planted. I mean, you know you're excited if you plant a kiss on someone you don't know, right? But that, that was, of course, one of the great days in American history. The war was finally over. Our young men were coming back. Americans were celebrating. I give you that illustration to say, I think David was feeling the same thing in Psalm 18. I mean, just this feeling of jubilation and exhilaration. Can you imagine all those years being hunted and haunted by King Saul? And finally now, it's like the battle is over. And, and if there's a girl there, maybe planted a kiss on her, you know? I mean, he's just feeling such relief and joy. In fact, if you'll see the superscription, it says this, 
to the chief musician. All right, choir leader, I got a, I got a song for you. It's a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord. And here it is, the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And here's what he said. And boy, what a great song it is, this 18th Psalm that we have in our Bible. Again, if you know just the history of that, King Saul and his men hunting him like he's a wild animal, chasing him down, and now he's a free man. And so he takes a pen under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God and just says, I'm so blessed. And here's... Here's some of the feelings that I have about how blessed I am, how good God has been to me. This song is really, I mean, you think about it, it's so important that the Holy Spirit of God put it twice in our Bible. It is found in the history book of Israel in 2 Samuel 22, and then it's found in the hymn book of the book of Israel in Psalm 18. So it found its way in our history book of Israel and in the hymn book of Israel. It's the third longest psalm we have in our Bible, Psalm 119 and one. And uh, Psalm 78, and then this Psalm, Psalm 18. And I, I love it because he begins with these words, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. I circle that word love. That Hebrew word, the etymology, carries the idea to yearn, to love deeply. It describes the kind of love that a mother has for a baby. And all of us have seen that, have we not? I mean, here's a mother with a newborn baby, and, and she, I, I mean, there's just a sparkle in her eye. There's a twinkle in her eye. She loves that baby. And, and David says, man, I'm thinking, I, I don't have a girl to plant a kiss on, but I have a God that I love. And, and I'm thinking about how good God has been to me. And I was chased for 10 years, and now I'm free. And he says, I will love thee. I yearn after thee. I, I deeply care about you. I love you, Lord. Uh, it carries the idea, my understanding of the word carries the idea of wanting to hug someone. It's as if David is saying, in essence, I, I just, I love you so much, Lord. I just want to hug you. I, I just love you. By the way, aren't you glad, going back to Revelation 4 and 5, that there's coming a day when we'll be able to be at the feet of Jesus Christ and say, I love you, Lord. Boy, have you ever felt that way about the Lord? I love you, Lord. I yearn after you. I, I just want to hug you I, 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 if I could. And, of course, we see these anthropomorphisms here that how, how the Lord is described in terms where we can, where we can feel him. My ears, for instance, came in, I mean, my prayer came into his ears. And, and these human elements where we can feel our Lord. And it's as if he says, I just want to hug the Lord. I remember years ago, I led this lady to the Lord, and she was much older than I was. I was just a young pastor at that time. I was probably about 30, and she's probably in her 60s, and so I give you a little context to make it appropriate. But I remember I led her to the Lord, and I remember we were having a, a, a watch night service, and, and she had just gotten saved that year, and we were praying together as a church family. And I remember after we were praying, I was shaking all the hands of our church members and saying, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. And she came by, and she said, Preacher, you led me to Christ, and I'm so excited about it. Could I give you a hug? I said, sure. The age uh, span was, it, I felt like it was appropriate. So she gave me a hug, and it was as if she just had so much gratitude. Have you ever felt that way about the Lord? I will love you, oh Lord, my strength. I just, I want to, I yearn to give him a hug. By the way, if you don't feel that desire, something's wrong with your love life with Jesus Christ. In this case, Lord Jehovah God. And so then David proceeded to tell the Lord why he loved him. 
And I think you can summarize the, the following verses with these words. I'm, I'm just so blessed. I'm so blessed. Tonight, I want to give you five reasons why I can say I'm so blessed. I am so blessed because the Lord is my strength. I am so blessed because the Lord is my strength. David sang, he said, but it's really sang the idea is he's singing these words in verse 1. I will love thee, O Lord. And would you write this down? My strength. My strength. He used that word, that personal pronoun, my, nine times to express his gratitude for Jehovah God, for capital L-O-R-D. And he reflected over his life. In fact, he said it twice. He said it again in verse 2, that I'm just so blessed. I love the Lord. I want to hug the Lord because he is my strength. I I have to think that he he reflected over his life and thought about that lion that came and attacked him and how the Lord was his strength and defended him. And then later on, how... Him and the Lord was his strength and defended him. And later on, he They put her on her belly, and that got her tongue down and allowed her to breathe. We just don't know how much time elapsed between that. They, they stapled her tongue uh, to her gum and with two strings coming out the side. And when, when she wouldn't breathe, her apnea monitor would go off. In the middle of the night, you have to go and jerk on that string, which would get her tongue out of the way. And I've lost track of how many surgeries she's had. She'll be 18 next month, and she doesn't say a word. She's nonverbal. My wife has borne the brunt of that. Many special needs. It's been tough. And this past month, we went through going to the court case. Court. I've never been to court in my life, but because the state doesn't recognize her at 18 as our, they don't recognize us as parents, we have to get guardianship. So we had to go through all this paperwork to be able to get guardianship, to be able to make medical and financial decisions for her. and I'm just saying that not for pity or anything. I'm just saying that I've been through some stuff as you have. But I tell you, I can say tonight, the Lord's been my strength. The Lord is my strength. And I just want to hug him. I want to fall at his feet and say, thank you, Lord. I, I love you. The Lord is my strength. I mean, at those weak times, I mean, we've been there where your daughter's in an oxygen tent. And her oxygen levels are low. And, and they're trying everything they can to get her to breathe. And, 
And I've been through, we've been through so many surgeries from everywhere, from Asheville to Charlotte to Winston-Salem with her. And boy, your child is in surgery and you just wait. You're not sure she's going to live or not. I'm telling you, those times I look back and say, I don't know how I made it other than this. God's strength was made perfect in my weakness. The Lord is my strength. I played basketball growing up and doesn't look like it, but we had to lift weights for it. <laughs> and when I would lift weights, I hated lifting weights. I was always a skinny guy, but I lift weights for basketball, and, and uh, you'd have a spotter there, and, and uh, usually it was my best friend, and, and then you get that, the, the weights there on your chest. I think I had like 200 pounds on each side, I think, if I recall. Y'all believe that? <laughs> I probably just had the bar, really, and no weights on either side. And the spotter's supposed to come and be your strength and help you get it back on the bar. And my best friend and I, we would get to laughing. I'd be blowing bad breath <laughs> trying to get it up, and he'd start laughing. And man, I remember I'd have a spot on my sternum the next day where that bar was on my chest because he couldn't, he was laughing. He couldn't get the weight up either. Aren't you glad when the weights of life, you ever have the weights barrel you down? I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of times where I'm like, Lord, I can't do it. I'm glad I have a perfect spotter that always, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I've been meditating on that through some of these trials. He's the perfect spotter that just says, here, let me help you. I cast my care upon him. He cares about me. testimony of that. Man, aren't you glad that God's strength was made perfect in our weakness? Man, what a thought. Number two. Here's the second reason why I want to say I'm so blessed tonight. Not only is the Lord my strength, but I'm so blessed because the Lord is my security. Verse one, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. Would you underline that? He's my rock. He's my rock. He's my security. In times of danger, David would seek a lofty rock as a place of safety and security from the enemy. Such rocks would uh, abound in, I'm sorry, in Israel. And he would find security in those dark and, and sometimes deep caverns. He would find security and shelter be, behind the projecting crags. Uh, I'm from Lenore, North Carolina, or at least I pastor there. And the, the town just north of us is Blowing Rock. How many have ever been there to Blowing Rock? All right, some of you. Uh, it's called that because there's this rock that protrudes from the mountain. And boy, you can hide in underneath of that rock. And I, I can visualize David saying, that, that's what the Lord is to me. When I'm running and when, I, when I've been running, I should say, when I've hidden, I run to the Lord. He's my rock. He's my refuge. He's my strength. Tonight, I'm glad the Lord is my security. By the way, aren't you glad when you were lost? as Brother Ryan was singing, that the Lord picked me up out of that miry clay and he set my feet on a rock and established my goings. And he put a new song in my, in my mouth, even praise unto my, unto my God. I like whatever Moat wrote, on Christ the solid rock I stand. 
all other ground is sinking sand. Or what Top Lady would have written or wrote, wrote years ago, Rock of Ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. I don't know about you, throughout my life I can say this, people have failed me sometimes. Even some pastors will fail you. But there's one who's been a steady rock. And that's the Lord. He's my rock. He's my security. He's the rock of ages. Look at verse 46, same psalm. We'll come back to the first part. But I love how the end of the psalm says, The Lord liveth and blessed be here it is again, my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Alexander McLaren said this, and I love this. He says, if we begin with the Lord is my rock, then we will end with blessed be my rock. <laughs> I like that. Psalm begins, David says, I want to begin with this, the Lord is my rock. And then at the end he says, blessed be my rock. Hey, aren't you glad tonight? I'm not on the rocks because he is my rock. And I am so blessed. Number three, here's the third reason. Number one, I am so blessed because the Lord is my strength. Number two, I'm so blessed because the Lord is my security. Number three, here's the third reason. I'm so blessed because the Lord is my stronghold. Let's begin in verse one. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. And here it is, my fortress and my deliverer. Well, don't align those two words, fortress and deliverer. The word fortress means a castle, a defense, a stronghold. It's a fortress is that stronghold, that place of defense, a place so strong that no enemy could approach it. I think about, I know your pastor was there, uh, I can't remember, maybe in the springtime, I can't remember, to the Holy Land. And I, I immediately in my mind, I always think of Masada and that stronghold there in the Holy Land built on top of a mountain where enemies could not approach it. And I think about, that, that's the Lord. He's my Masada. He's my fortress. He's my stronghold. And when enemies attack me and, and when difficulties come in my life and when trials uh, abound in my life, I, I'm glad I can go to the rock who's higher than I, that I, I can go to my fortress. I can go to my stronghold. Man, I love the Lord. I just want to hug Him. He's my stronghold. Boy, Monday, I... I heard, to me, some of the saddest news I've ever heard in my whole life. 25 or so years ago, I guess I went to Bible college. When I got to Bible college, there was a room leader in my room by the name of Stephen Terrell. He was from New Jersey. I was from Pennsylvania, so two Yankees were together. <laughs> he was my roommate and, and my friend for 25 years. God called him to Iraq to be a missionary. He and his wife, they have three girls and one little boy. And on Monday, he was there in Iraq. I, I got my phone. I was waiting for my phone for a little while. I got my phone, and man, it's always a bad feeling when you're a pastor and you see that you have a lot of missed calls and a lot of missed texts in a short period of time. And one of them was from my best friend who was also my roommate, and I called him up. I said, Ty... What's going on? And he said that, they, that Stephen was shot and killed. 45 years ago this morning. Man, I've cried and cried over the last three days. My heart is just crushed. Crushed.
crushed. Aren't you glad when your heart's like that? I got a Masada. I have a stronghold. And I can run to the Lord who is my fortress and my deliverer. I'm so blessed. I, I like verse 6. He says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him. I love this, even into his ears. Again, using human words to be able to describe my prayer and how it gets to God. <laughs> my cry cannot come into, cannot enter into the ears of the President of the United States of America. Sometimes I wish it could. I have a few things I'd like to say. I'm not sure if you'd understand them anyways, but anyways... I'm glad that my cry can come into years of one that's much higher than the president. Into, into the Lord. My stronghold. What a thought. Number four. I'm so blessed because the Lord is my strength. I'm so blessed because the Lord is my security. I'm so blessed because the Lord is my stronghold. Number four. I'm so blessed because the Lord is my salvation. Again, in verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler. I wish I had time for all those words, but I would you underline this, the horn of my salvation. David sang because he said, I put my trust in the Lord and the Lord saved me. I understand that he was speaking of physical salvation, but aren't you glad tonight that we can apply it to our soul salvation. That when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, that the Lord saved me. And then he says, he's, he, he's the horn of my salvation. At Thanksgiving time, and I love your decorations, we think maybe of a cornucopia and what's in that. The horn in David's day would have been this curved goat's horn, filled to overflowing with fruit and ears of grain, my understanding of a horn is it was a symbol of overflowing abundance. What a beautiful picture of salvation. The Lord is my salvation. By the way, aren't you glad when he saved your soul that he didn't just save you, but he gave you the horn of his salvation. I mean, it's overflowing. It's, it's abundant. I, I thought about this, that not only did he save me from going to an eternal hell, but he gave me so much more. It's not a cornucopia. It's much bigger than that. It's this goat's horn, and it's just filled. Oh, I think about all the things Hebrews talks about that accompany my salvation. Man, the moment I was saved, the Holy Spirit of God came and indwelled me. He sealed me under the day of redemption. He placed me into this. In, in my life, I, I think about, for me, I, I've been in church my whole life. A lot of people knock the church. Man, I got saved in a church. I got baptized in a church. I got married in a church. I got called to preach in a church. I love church. I died to my wife. I want to be have the funeral in the church so everyone can know this man believed in God. He believed in a local New Testament church. I'm just saying, look at all the things God's given me. And you. If he just saved my soul, I'd say praise the Lord. But a home in heaven, my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm reconciled. I'm adopted in the family of God. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I mean, wow. I'm so blessed. It's this horn of my salvation. Number five. I'm so blessed tonight. The Lord, because the Lord is 
He's my strength. He's my security. He's my stronghold. He's my salvation. And I put this down, number five. I'm so blessed because the Lord is my stay. He says at the end of verse two that he's my high tower. And for sake of time, if you'll go over to verse 18, David says, writes, they prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. Would you underline that? He's my stay. That word stay means my support, my sustenance. Verse 19, he says, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. I underlined this. In fact, I put a star in my Bible by it because he delighted in me. How many glad tonight, glad tonight that the Lord delights in us? You know, you always wrestle for the comfort He's always preaching out. A guy like me, I'm in my own church, and so I wrestle sometimes what to preach, what not to preach. And I love when God gives me confirmation. When your pastor gave that quote from Matthew Henry about how the Lord loves to love us, I thought, thank you, Lord, because that's verse 18. It, it went with what he said, that, that the Lord delights in me. He's my stay. He's my, my support, my sustenance. He delights in me. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I quote, How much God delights in you, it is not possible to stay, say. The Father delights in you and looks upon you with doting love. Like as a father takes pleasure in his child, so does our Father delight in us. I'm not always delightful, are you? But he delights in me. And I can see David after running for 10 years saying, wow, I'm just so blessed. I just want to, I want to hug him. I love him because he first loves me. He delights in me. I have a preacher friend. He's going to be here next week. And he has an ugly dog. I know it's bad to say about a dog, but he has an ugly dog, and he would tell you he has an ugly dog. In fact, he said he, he, said he paid $6 for it, and he said he paid $5 too much. Okay? <laughs> I mean, this dog's like a mix of, it's a mutt, you know? But I want to tell you, whenever I go to his house, he, he and his wife have five kids, and I've been in his house and eaten in his house. Whenever I go to his house, man, that family loves that dog. I mean, they love that dog. It's like a mix of, it's, it's weird. It's like a wiener dog, but it's mixed with something. I mean, it's just a weird dog. But not to him, not to his wife, not to his kids. They delight in that dog. Beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, right? I look at him. What do y'all see in that thing? But they delight in it. I have to often ask, what does God see in me? I'm just a mutt. <laughs> but he delights in me. Let's be honest tonight. There's, not, there's nothing too lovely about you and me. But he just delights in us because he delights in us. Deuteronomy 7, 7 and 8, and I understand it was written to Israel, but aren't you glad? I, I believe we can make the application to us. 
The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you. Here's my interpretation. He just loved you because he loved you. There was nothing too special about you, children of Israel. He just loved you because he loved you. Don't you think we can make the same application to us tonight? I was preaching to our church and said we should love a Sunday. I said we should love the unlovely. We should love the unloving and we should love the unloved. And then the thought hit me. I'm a pretty unlovely guy. I'm a pretty unloving guy. And sometimes as a pastor, I feel like an unloved guy. <laughs> but God loves me. And he delights in me. And he does the same for you as well. He's my stay. He's my stay. And I am so blessed. I'd like to ask just a couple questions in conclusion. I hope they'll be provocative just to get us to think. My first question is this. Do you realize that you are so blessed? I use that word so. I think it's a good Bible word. For God so loved the world. What about so great? How do you describe it? It's just so great. You realize that you are so blessed. Number two, will you bless the Lord because he has blessed you? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. My third question to me is convicting at this Thanksgiving month. Do your praises outnumber your complaints? Because we do live in America. And we all are pretty good at complaining, aren't we? Not me. Well, let's see how you make it on the way home when someone pulls out in front of you. Right? Do your praises outnumber your complaints? I conclude with this. A man, a friend of mine, challenged me every day. I tell our church this, that we praise God for what he's done, but we worship God for I think there's a difference between the two. By the way, so much of this nonsense worship in our day does not adore God for who he is. It's man-centered. We worship God. We adore him for who he is. And then we praise him for what he's done. So a friend of mine challenged me. He said every day of a week, every day of the week, he said, thank God for five different things that he's done for you. And you can't repeat any of them course of a week. If you really want a challenge, do it in the course of a month, but you can't repeat any of them. Five every day. And then he said, he said, then, then, then also praise God for five of his infinite attributes every day. And you can't repeat those, any of those in the course of a week. Preacher, that helped me so much. Every morning of my life, I try to thank God for five different things. And then I try to praise God for five of his infinite attributes. And I can't repeat those in the course of the week. And, and I, I think it's helped me. Was it not Bob Jones Sr. that says when gratitude dies on, on, on a man's heart, he's well nigh gone. <laughs> and the same is true for a country and we're seeing it. Romans 1. And the same is true for a church or anything else. When gratitude dies on our heart, when I forget how blessed I am from God. 
So I'm trying to thank God for five things and praise God for five of his infinite attributes because I don't want to forget how blessed I am. And like David, <laughs> I just want to say, I will love you, O oh Lord, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my salvation, my stay. I'm so blessed. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Thank you. It is inspired and errant, preserved for us, and that tonight we can read it and know that this is the pure word of God. It's the revelation of yourself to us, and we thank you for this revelation of yourself. And I want to thank you that you are my strength and my rock, my security, and my stronghold, my salvation, the horn of my salvation, my stay. Lord, thank you that you delight in me. Lord, help my praises to outnumber my complaints. Help me to bless thee because of all the blessings which you have bestowed upon us and me. Father, I pray this psalm would be carved into our hearts that we would remember these precious words in Jesus' name.